Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here is your guide on this journey, Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Car Wash the Podcast. This is the podcast that makes you a better car washer and a slightly better human being. I'm your host, Matt Wolf, Editor-in-Chief of Car Wash Magazine. This is our special panel for you this month. Uh, we are going to be talking to some of the uh, some of the marketing experts in this industry, and we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics. Uh, I have lots of favorite topics, but one of them is how can you scale up your marketing efforts in terms of the tactics and the execution in a smart way that gives you back some of your time. And so what are, we're going to talk about, what are some ways that you can kind of uh, outsource some stuff? Um, what are some ways that you can kind of plan ahead? How do you plan, but not plan too much, but plan enough that you know you're going to plan to change? All kinds of stuff uh, in this conversation. And so we're going to get into that to help you figure out how to eliminate um, what I like to call random acts of marketing. All right, so we're, no random acts of marketing. We're not going to do that anymore. So uh, joining me on the program to help us uh, suss out all of this information, we've got today, we've got Beth Martin from Express Wash Concepts. We've got Jonathan Kierman from Superstar Car Wash, and we have Sam Sousa from All American Express. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Good morning. Oh. It's really every time, like every time I'm like, I need a hype person. I need somebody to like, just jazz it up. I think, I think I was going to try like, what if I was really like miserable when I said, welcome to the program. And maybe you guys would pick up the slack. Like if I was just like, welcome to the program, but I don't think that's going to set the tone. So, all right, let's get, let's get back on topic. Shall we? I want to talk, uh, first and foremost about how can we eliminate some of these random acts of marketing? And so I think like in this industry, especially as we start to scale and grow and um, get a little bit more sophisticated in what we're doing and what we're working on on a day-to-day -day basis from a marketing perspective, we really have to make some space for ourselves and we have to um, stay away from the shiny objects a little bit. So let's talk about planning. I want to know from each of you kind of how much are you, uh, how much have you built out that plan for your marketing um, kind of calendar for the year? How much of that is built out? How much of it is um, kind of on the fly? What are you all doing? And let's start with Beth. Uh, we'll, we'll let you go first. Well, I think I'm going to start off by saying my spreadsheets have spreadsheets. Okay. <laughs> so if that's any indication as to whether or not I'm a planner, um, ab absolutely. I, I go in at the end of every year and I map out a 12 month plan, um, for the following year. And I have to do that because random acts of marketing in my mind are the fun little types of things that we can execute and have time to execute if we've already got a plan put in place that we're following. Yeah. So I think it's extremely important in something that, you know, isn't just for one person to sit down and do, right? It's something collaboratively as a team that you should um, put together. So I love that concept of doing the 12-month the plan and spending time doing that with your team. 
Uh, we're going to come back to that. I want to see if we can poke some holes in that. Uh, but next, I want to go to Sam. Sam, go ahead. So we just do our uh, plan uh, month by month. We uh, have a marketing agency that we use, and we have a call set up uh, every Monday. And we talk about what we want to record and what we want to do for the ongoing month. Us being a single site, you know, we don't have as much stuff we're involved in, but we're trying to build, uh, you know, get a plan together and go a little bit farther out. Nice, nice. So, okay, so you've heard uh, 12-month plan, and then we've got a month-to-month plan. Jonathan, where do you land? So I'm going to give you a different answer. Uh, we, we've been planning quarterly, and that is a shift from where we were previously, where I was trying to outline the entire year. But um, wanting to give some flexibility uh, around A-B testing and really what was going to work and going into some potential new marketing venues this year, didn't feel comfortable committing to an entire year strategy. So we've been doing it quarterly. And I kind of like to say the year is in pencil, but the quarter is in pen. Nice. Nice. I like that. I like that. Beth, um, so does that poke a hole in your, in your 12-month plan? I don't think so at all, because a plan can certainly be flexible. Um, and so what what's important to us who have multi-brands, right? So Express Wash Concepts is the parent company of six different um, Express Funnel Car Wash brands. And so in order for us to stay on top of everything marketing-wise, this 12-month plan is setting the tone for our promotions for our advertising, for our community relations, and even down to a granular level of supporting existing sites, right, with marketing material refreshes. So I need to see it like that, but in no way does it mean that we're completely rigid to this plan. It's definitely a flexible thing. So I think what Jonathan and even what Sam, it, you have to find what works for you, but but always remain flexible. Yeah, and I think the I think. I said it at the top, like, it's fine to make your plan, make whatever plan you need to pl- plan for you. It should, you should have one, but the plan will change. Uh, and you got to be okay with that. And you can't be so rigid in it that you can't make room to make adjustments as you go. It's, um, otherwise you're going to drive yourself crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. let's go to, let's go to how, like, do you, like, how do you find space for these other things? Right? So you made the plan. And um, let's say you're like, oh, you know what I really want to do? I want to do Hulu advertising. That would be really interesting to me. How do you evaluate things like that or things like, um, you know, community opportunities that come up? How do you how do you choose those and what do you what do you do around those? And let's start with Jonathan this time. So I would say that, uh, you know, 80 percent of my marketing budget is committed and I leave about 20 percent for these additional items <clears throat> around the community piece. We have a budget for our locations for the year so that we have a lot of flexibility in, but my phone rings all the time from media partners. Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Do you want to do this? Um, and part of the reason why we went to this quarterly commitment in terms of media buying is so that, Oh, I do want to do that, but I may need to hair trim this. But I would say the 80-20 rule really works well for us. I like that. I like that there's like there's room and it's and it's defined room so that you don't you, you don't just go, whoops, <laughs> we blew our budget by a lot because we didn't plan for that and that sounded really cool and we wanted to do it. Things like Halloween tunnels. So just to, just saying, leave room for those kinds of things. Um, Sam, how about you? 
Yeah, so we leave a lot of room for that. We do a lot of stuff in the local community, whether it's uh, 5K walks. We do an annual turkey drive every year. We do uh, uh, toys for the local kids. So we have those kind of planned in, you know, throughout the year that we do. And we also uh, get involved with a lot of the local high schools. Um, when they have football, we put banners up in the stadium and use a lot of those events. So we focus a lot of our marketing on the community base since we are a single site. We do a lot of our marketing here in the local community and, and you know, partner up with as much people as we can. We kind of got to filter them out and see which ones give us the most uh, exposure and look at them. But for the most part, I think that's a very good uh, avenue to get in is getting involved with all these local community people. Nice. Nice. We're going to, I'm going to come back to you in just a second, Sam. I want to, I want to follow up on something, but I want to, I want to hear from Beth first. Beth, how about you? How are you choosing, um, and kind of evaluating these kind of random opportunities that come up or these maybe not random opportunities because we don't want necessarily random acts of marketing these great opportunities that come up the great opportunity so one of the things that we've done is we assign a local marketing budget to each of our sites okay and so they're the ones that are going to hear you know about these um hyper local opportunities that we may not you know, come across here at the home office. So that kind of gives them a little autonomy um, to do some marketing initiatives on their own as well. And so that's still, they coordinate through the home office, our site managers do, um, but we found that that works really, really well too for these local initiatives. Oh, nice, nice. So so it's, I mean, it's really all about empowerment, right? You're pushing it down to your, your, your local sections there so that they can act as a real member of the community and they can really evaluate those based on what they know, as opposed to having someone from, from corporate office, right. Trying to make those decisions for them. Right. Right. It's important. I think for them to own those relationships um, in their communities. And so that's been our approach. Sam, I want to ask you, we're coming back to you. Like I promised um, as you're growing from one location to two, to who knows how many down the road, Obviously, it's you can do some things with a single site that you can't do as you get to two and four and six and twelve. How are you kind of like documenting the learnings as you go here for the future? Like, what are you doing to kind of say, "Oh, when I get to two, or when I get to five, or when I get to ten, I'm going to have to do this, this, and this." So I think when we get to that, we are going to have to go to a quarterly or yearly planner because it's going to be you have to allocate per site, you know. So right now we're a single site, so we it's pretty easy to take care of being a single site, but we're looking at, uh, you know, next one will be in a different city. So what um, people can we get involved in that uh, city over there? You know, whether it's a foundation or whether it's the local, you know, we're already involved in the chamber of commerce over there. We're already sponsoring some events because we're coming into that city. So we're kind of allocating, you know, that fundraise or that marketing going towards that site because it's going to be in a different city and just trying to weigh it all out. So we keep track of kind of what we spend on there and how many views or how many impressions we get, you know, uh, how many people are going to be at the events and see a lot of times we'll do uh, coupons or not the coupon. We'll do our op spot stuff is on a lot of our flyers at these events. So we can see at these events, like we sponsor the local football team. So we'll have a banner in the stadium, have them announce the free car wash. So we're sponsoring the events, but we're getting our name out there and giving them a free offer to come get a free car wash so we can track that data by seeing how many people are seeing it and getting in front of it. So we're, we're using a lot of that sponsorship to drive people to the site. 
I love the, I love, I, you were, you're teeing me right up, Sam, because I wanted to ask you all a little bit about <clears throat> if there are any metrics that you use with this stuff, right? Like what, how do you, what does somebody have to come to you with for one of these opportunities that says, yep, I'm going to do that. Like, how do you measure this? Uh, let's start with Beth. I think that we have big hearts. And so, <laughs> you know, honestly, we try to do as many as possible. And, uh, you know, if, if it's somebody who's going to take the time to have a sponsorship package with a logo or in turn promote us on their social media pages as a sponsor or, you know, somebody who's contributed something to their silent auction, for example, then, um, you know, I'm not saying that it's quantity over quality, but that, you know, it's one of our core values to give back to the communities in which we operate. So we, we try to do as many as we possibly can. Now, with that yeah. said, we do keep a spreadsheet. <laughs> See, we're, we're coming yeah. back to the spreadsheets um, because we do have people who know that who will try to take advantage, right? I mean, we have a person who um, every other week, you know, is, is asking for a donation for an initiative, you know, that they're putting on. But, but when we look at the spreadsheet, you know, we just donated something for your event last week, you know, please come back in six months. So just document it. But I think that yeah. if you're in a fortunate enough position to give back, then you should. Yeah. Jonathan, how about you guys? Are you guys documenting similar similarly? Yeah. And, and our philosophy is pretty much the same as Beth's. And the only thing that I would add to it is we do look at it to see, does it fit in with, you know, our brand mission and objective? So, you know, you, we get a lot of requests as well, but if it, it really ties back to the local community and impacts the community that way, we very rarely say no. And there's a lot of different ways that we can support that, whether it's through free washes or those types of donations that, you know, not necessarily dollars out of the pocket, but really more a community feel good type piece. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to shift, I'm going to shift gears on us a little bit here. So we're going to, we're going to put a pin in all of that and, and wrap it or put a bow on it or whatever. I don't even know what the phrase is, you guys, <laughs> but that's, that's our, that's our bit of this conversation around um, planning, making sure you plan to be flexible, <laughs> make sure that you have some measurement in place as you evaluate some of these things. So um, we heard a lot about the community side in terms of how to kind of document that and build that up. But also, even when you start thinking about maybe you want to try a new platform, maybe you want to try um, a different or a particular social campaign, or you want to try OpSpot, make sure that you have some goals in place ahead of time and make sure that you know how the heck you're going to measure that and what's going to equal success for you because otherwise uh, you're going to waste a lot of time a lot of money uh, doing stuff that you don't know if it worked or not so that's that's our bow on that let's tie it and toss it over here um the next piece of this right so okay great we've got a plan um but really what comes before our plan is knowing who we want to be when we grow up so this is like Let's talk vision for a little bit and strategy because um, as you grow and build these things, you guys, you guys obviously are not doing all the work, right? And, and owners and operators can't do all of the marketing work. So you need some help. But to do that, you need to have the vision. Let's talk a little bit about um, how you all might identify where you can um, push some of this stuff off and where you really need to like figure that out in-house. And let's start with Beth. 
Okay. Um, I think it takes a village, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and when I say village, I mean your internal team members, um, marketing team. I certainly don't do you know what we do on my own. Um, your own staff, I think, can mm-hmm. often be an overlooked source of of great help out in the field. Um, you know, from getting social content, you know, over to you to, you know, a lot of our team members in the field have great connections with nonprofits um, or advertising, um, you know, different taglines um, that they can suggest for us that would work. And, you know, think about, I think, if you want to go the agency route, if you want to go the consulting route, or if you want to go the in-house route. Um, for me personally, I've, I've been trying to build my team internally. Um, and, and that's just the nature of the business, the, the quantity of the work that we need to get done. Um, and, you know, shifting between multi-brands, it's better for me to have my own team, you know, out the door here um, who can do that. Um, Consultants are great if you don't have, you know, major marketing um, dollars that you can throw, but you need somebody who can execute the digital side of things, for example. Um, And then if you have the money to spare and and wanna go the full PR agency route, um, that's also another great option. And and Jonathan, I'm gonna, give you this question, uh, similar to what I just asked Beth, but I want to know from you, how do you, do you have any tips in terms of like, how do you communicate with your partners who have to execute on the things that you want to do? Like, how do you communicate that vision and that strategy to those partners, whether that's in your internal team or whether it's an outsourced team? Well, I, I think it's really important for people to understand the strategy and the vision. So, you know, with all of our external partners, I share, and internally, I share consumer research. I try to give them a really, really good idea and understanding of who our target customer is and what the message that we're trying to convey. Um, we're also in the process of putting together a brand book, brand guidelines, which is more comprehensive that talks about tone of voice and all of those pieces. Um, and then put it in their hands, because I think to Beth's point, there's a lot of different ways that you can go about executing those strategies. We have an internal team. And I will tell you right now, no one knows the car wash business better than the people that work for us. And I think that's the challenge that we have when you, you know, when you go externally is the learning curve to teach people that. So we try to take it in small bite-sized pieces. And then there is a lot of follow-up, not necessarily from me, but from the folks on my team to make sure that whatever is being produced is in line with what that vision is because you can't assume that someone gets it and just let them hit the button. And I know that's a simplistic answer, but that's where you're gonna end up getting into problems. So if you do choose to go externally, it is really important to make sure that there's a lot of follow-up so that um, you can get the desired result. Nice, nice. Okay, Sam, so because because I know you do lots of this stuff, uh, working with some partners and, and helping um, through some of your marketing efforts. What about you? How do you work with those partners? How do you make sure that they are doing things that fit, that are the way you want them, that are getting the results that you want? How do you communicate that to your partners? So we have a kind of a unique setup. We have a a group of guys, uh, Golden Orge Marketing, that we're working with, and we meet with them every Monday, but they're really studying the car wash space. They took the time to come to the car wash show in Vegas and so they're really trying to learn, you know, uh, what to post, how to talk to people, 
So we're using our social media. We switched over with them to video about six months ago. And what we're doing is they will come in here and they'll ask the team members questions like, hey, when someone comes up to the window or to the kiosk, what do they ask you? You know, do they ask you about the membership? Do they ask you about this? And then we're making videos basically telling those people, answering the questions. So that way the customer can be fully informed when they come here. They already know the decision. They know whether they want to buy a membership or a wash. So we're constantly talking to the team uh, around the site, talking with these guys, learning on customers' habits, what they want, what they want to hear, doing videos, whether it's on the vacuums, on the tunnel, just different stuff. So everything's kind of focused car wash based. So they're really getting involved and, and it's been a huge success. You know, we're doing a lot of sponsors ads on uh, geofencing and geotargeting, hitting the people around the site. But all these ads are talking about whether it's the membership or why you should buy the works wash or, you know, why you should, you know, uh, buy, sign up for a monthly membership and the value in it. So it's all educating the customers before they come to site. So far, it's been working really well, well for us. So what I'm, so what I'm hearing as a universal truth uh, in terms of how we communicate this thing is um, involve your partners, whether that's your in-sourced team or whether it's outsourced team, make sure that they feel like they are part of what they're working on and you're giving them enough information that they can do what they need to do to help you be successful, right? I mean, you can't you can't go to an agency and say, you know what, can you just do it for me? Can you just make that happen? I just need more more unlimited members. I need more customers. Can you make me make me more customers? That doesn't really work. You're going to get bad results and every time that you're going to you're going to come away going, "Man, that agency was terrible." When really, if we might have had a little something to do with that problem. That might have been on us a little bit because we didn't we didn't really give them the support and resource that they needed to. And we expected big things. All right. We're going to shift gears again. We're gonna, that was our bow. Wrapped it up, tied it, tossed it over the shoulder. Okay. Now, how do you identify who's going to do all this work? That's what I want to know. So it's great that there are all these opportunities out there. And Sam, you you really kind of let... You're like Segway Sam today. You, you, you've led me right into the next thing twice. I love that. Um, so you already answered this question, so you don't get it. But uh, let's go back to Jonathan. I want to know, how do you identify what things that you guys uh, internally are going to take on, what you might go to like an outsource group for? Are you playing in like the Fiverr, Thumbtack kind of spaces, looking at any of those resources? Uh, you know, I think it all goes back to what we talked about beginning of the call, which is around planning. So you have to have the strategy and the plan. And then from that point, it'll dictate, you know, what we can do internally. So what, what skill set do I have on my team? What is it that I know we have the bandwidth to be able to take? And then relating back to that strategy, what are the things then that I know I'm going to need to outsource? And so it's, it's been very easy for me to be able to identify what those things are. The real question becomes is, okay, what type of resource do you use and um, you know, how are we measuring the, the effectiveness of them? So you know, we have a very small but mighty um, marketing team here that's, that's got a broad range of, of capabilities. But when we've looked, for example, at our strategy um, this year, one of the areas that I felt like we just weren't devoting enough time to was Beth Mendel PR like not being able to really capitalize on all of the things that I feel like we could be doing going forward. So that was one where we said, we're going to go, we're going to go outside. We're going to engage in 
uh, utilizing a team from that perspective. So I think it, it depends on, goes back to the strategy and the plan. Yeah. No, we do not use Fiverr or any of those other types of resources. Although I will tell you, I think you can get some really quality pieces out of it if that's what you're looking for. So I think it just depends on budget and um, do you have confidence that they're going to be able to deliver on what you want? Well, and, and do you have the time to dedicate to managing that process? Right. Yes. That's, that's a big part of it. But a lot of times it's like, I just need a logo. I just need a, I need a, I need a, but you actually have to like provide creative direction and do that work with the people that you're working with on those platforms. Or again, they're going to get poor results. Beth, uh, what about you? I know you got a, you got a lot of, um, areas of opportunity in terms of things to do. How do you identify who's doing what? Um, I use my network, right? <laughs> so I, I know that, that my internal team, um, they've all been hired for different capabilities, right? And, and I'm constantly throwing things at them, having, you know, identifying who's really good at picking up new things on the digital realm and giving them projects. I know who's going to take the initiative to learn and execute, right? I know who I need to nurture. I know when I need to, to look outside and when I have to look outside for things, I use my network. And, and what I do is I go to my media partners, I go to our community nonprofits, you know, and just say, do you know anybody? And I have never been steered um, in the wrong direction. I mean, I've got video people um, that we've brought on on a consultative role um, that have rivaled when we've worked with big studios um, yeah. with what they can produce in an insanely short amount of time. So I, I think it's just all about using your network and um, building out your current team that you may have in-house in so that they learn the skills that, that you know you're going to need to succeed moving forward. I think the probably the most important thing that I heard in both Beth and Jonathan's um, answers and Sam before that is that it really comes back to you got to know what your people are best at and you got to make sure that they're doing that and doing lots of that and only that. There's no reason, um, you know, for a, for a graphic designer to be doing accounting. Like it just doesn't make sense. It's not what they're best at. It's a waste of time. Um, all right. I'm going to let you guys off the hook a little bit here and we're going to get into the easy question. Right, we're gonna to get to the easy one. So we'll wrap. A Here's our bow uh, on identifying the how, and it's over the shoulder. All right. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, we'll start with Sam. Sam, I want to know one thing that I can do today to be better tomorrow, uh, as it relates to <laughs> scaling my marketing execution smartly. I would say try to get involved as much as you can in the local community. You know, get out there, find the local events. You know, we do a lot of stuff with kids and whether it's the 5K walks, turkey drives, all that stuff. But if you can get involved in the local community and, and spend good money there, I think you'll see results. The community, like the little leagues, the football teams, if you're donating to their kids' sports programs, they're going to want to come get a car wash at the, your facility, you know, because you're you're doing your brand recognition, everything out there, but you're supporting them. So they're going to come out and support your business. So I think you can do anything, try to get involved as much as you can in the local community. Jonathan, how about you? Uh, I think what I would say is that it's okay to say no. Yeah. Meaning you don't have to take every single phone call from a partner. Um, it's easy for us to get distracted by the shiny object. You said that at the outset of this call. 
but it's okay to say no and stick to the plan as you know it. And maybe that opportunity, while it seemed great now, will come up again, or you can figure out how to make that work down the road. I love that answer. I really, I mean, I think that's super important. I think that just really drives home the need to have a plan. Um, coming from a person who does not like to plan, I don't like to plan things out very far, but that's great. That's great because that gives you a reason to say no. No, it's not in the plan. It's easy. That's It's an easy decision point. Beth, how are you? I think I just had a review that said I need to say yes more. So I think I have to just say yes. I'm kidding. Um, yes, I am. You know, uh, yeah. I, I am going to give a shameless plug right now, but it's not a shameless plug for me. It's going to be for the ICA, Matt. And, you know, one thing that you can do today, I think that'll help your marketing efforts tomorrow um, is the recent ICA consumer study that, you know, yeah. they just re um, released the results on that. I saw in my inbox this morning, this little article with a digest of, of 10 of the key findings from that study. And I implore everybody to take a look at that and really think critically um, with that data that's being presented, how you can apply that back to your marketing efforts. I mean, if you want to buy that, you can go to carwash.org slash research and you'll find that. Uh, thanks for that. Thanks for that, Beth. That's really nice. Um, all right. Well, I've got one because I have opinions today, I guess. Uh, one thing I think that we all need to do today that will make us better tomorrow, uh, start tracking our time. So spend two weeks, track your time, you will be shocked at how you are actually spending that time. And then that can help shape you going forward so that you know that you are spending time doing the things that only you can do and that you can do best and that can move your organization smartly forward. So track your time. That's my thing. Friends, thank you so much for joining us today. You did an excellent job. Never enter any, any gosh, you guys. <laughs> it's like I'm talking to myself. It's like, let's, I mean, two years let's of this. Let's do that one again. Yeah. All right. <laughs> guys, thank you for joining us. You did an excellent job. Thanks, Matt. Great to be here. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Awesome. awesome. Well, hey, and one more thing for you all at home listening to this. If you want to make sure uh, that you never miss an episode or that you can access uh, anytime, anywhere, Download the Car Wash Magazine app and uh, we'll give you lots of fun content and lots of great inspirational stories and ideas wherever you might be. So friends, until next time, there's just one thing you've got to do when you're out there killing it, washing cars, and that is keep it clean. Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.